Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Comic Books Transformed. I am here with my good friend, Brian, who's also the co-host. Brian, welcome. How are you doing tonight? Doing good, Pete. Guys, on Comic Books Transformed, in case you're new here, we talk about shows and movies that are based upon some of our favorite comic book properties. And we cover quite a few MCU shows that are on Disney+. Plus. Tonight, we are talking about episodes one and two of What If, which is the brand new show, uh, the first animated MCU show. And so since, Brian, we watched both episodes out of the two, what if Peggy Carter was the first Avenger or what if T'Challa had become Star-Lord, which one did you like better? Um, Hands down, easy pick, what if T'Challa became Star-Lord? Okay. I completely agree, and I also feel, hands down, that one is way better. Yeah, so, I was much, much more pleasantly surprised at this episode than the okay. uh, first one. Yeah. So, yeah, let, let's go into it. Let's hear why episode two over episode one. Um, episode two actually did something different. It took it in a different direction. Like, it, with episode one, with Peggy Carter becoming, um, you know, getting the super soldier serum, the plot didn't change all that much um, from from the, the normal Captain America story. So so it was just okay. It was a woman Captain America, which is great. It's cool. I mean, Haley Atwell was great as the as the. Well, let me rephrase that. Some sometimes Haley Atwell was great, and sometimes you can tell that she's not used to voice acting, and some of like the one liners sounded really out of place. <laughs> um, and that was kind of a problem I had overall with that first episode. Is that the best voice actor in there was the only one who didn't reprise their role, <laughs> which was um, Josh Keaton as Steve Rogers. Um, but like I said, not that much change. This with Star Char um, T'Challa and Starlord, it they brought in different characters that actually drastically changed something that happened in the in the MCU. Yes. And you know what? We might as well call this a wrap for tonight because you literally just said the main point. That I was going to focus on that between the two episodes, the second one is so much better because of that exact point. It's like the what if comic, what was the most exciting thing about it was to see how dramatically different the world would become based on one like key difference, right? One little slight altering of the timeline. And like you said, the first episode is pretty much a recount of the first Avenger movie. And it's just instead of Steve Rogers, you have Peggy Carter. And, yeah, and the story um, beats are kind of the same. The, some of the dialogue is the same. The, the second one is like you you get like a little bit of a crack and then it goes off in a different direction and the whole universe is different. Yeah. Um, one thing I would say is that uh, I was actually a little disappointed in the first episode. Um, there was a point where uh, the scene where they go into the train where in, in the, the first Avenger, Bucky falls and gets you know, frozen or whatever happens to him. Um, and they kind of revert that. And, and it seems like that Steve is taking the place there. So my mind went to, oh, shit, is Steve going to be the Winter Soldier? I mean, it yeah. doesn't make sense because he's a scrawny little kid. But, like, I was hoping for some kind of twist like that, and they didn't give it to me. Yeah. Uh, and I think that that would have been a spot that would have been would have worked really well to change things. But they didn't take that route. Um I, I will say that I, I kind of enjoyed the, I, and I think I think a lot of 
the internet enjoyed um, the the, like, the kind of reverse romance thing. Not in the reverse, but you know, typically it's the big strong man and the and the damsel in distress sort of thing. But it's like reversed, and it's you know, giant Peggy Carter and scrawny little Steve. I I I, I liked that. I appreciated that a lot. But that was really the only thing that was kind of different, I guess. Yeah. 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 They had the Tesseract. They had it. They were using it. And all they did was make an Iron Man suit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. That part was really weird. And then what really confused me was, doesn't like the Red Skull have the Tesseract after that big explosion on the train? Yeah, because it was in the Iron Man suit. Well, the, the, uh, the Hydra Stomper suit. So that's how he gets it. Oh, okay. But like okay. they have this thing, which they you know they didn't have it in the in the movie, right? You know, and that's all they could do was build a, a an Iron Man suit. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's interesting, right? Because the the showrunner of the show is AC Bradley, right? And she wrote that first episode that we keep talking about. There was a different writer for the second episode. His name was Matthew Chauncey, right? But AC Bradley is the overall showrunner, and so she's in charge of every episode. And I felt like when it comes to these kind of shows, it's probably that they, as a team, break down what's going to happen in each episode. And then the person that's listed as the writer is probably just the person that's like writing the dialogue and like just the action beats, right? Yeah. And, and I felt like, like, you know, if she's the showrunner and she's talking about the potential, it's weird that like the first episode is so close to the vest. And it's even like, well, they have the test rack, like you said, but all they do is just make an Iron Man suit. Like they don't, they don't go all crazy. And I, I wonder if that's the reason why they put that episode first, because it's like, oh, well, remember this? You remember the first Avenger? This is our chance to kind of go back and enjoy it again, but we're not going to go too crazy. Whereas in the second one, they start to go a little off the rails. Um, so the, one of the the questions, the thoughts that I had, because obviously they ended the episode with um, with Peggy. Uh, instead of being frozen, she gets trapped in another dimension. She comes out approximately the same time that Steve came out of the ice. Yeah. And she's greeted by uh, Nick Fury and Hawkeye. Um, so do, do we see more of these? Do we see a continuation of these? Are these going to come together to form, uh, you know, uh, like are we going to see five of these episodes come together and then have a, like a retake of Avengers, the Avengers movie? Oh, my God. That would be so awesome. I'm trying to think if there's any content by the second episode where because of what happened in the first episode, it's like clearly they're not the same world, right? And the second one, because it's in space, and because the Earth stuff is in Wakanda, it's like really far removed from the Avengers stuff. So I, mean, I, I feel like I uh, you you see that I've seen clips of that um, that classic shot of the you know the camera spinning around the Avengers team, but it's all different characters. It looks like you know I'm pretty sure at least Star Lord Chichala is there, and I think Peggy was there, and I think I saw a different Thor. I could be maybe I'm dreaming this. I don't know. I have no idea. But yeah. I, I feel like I can see it in my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think that like um with this, because there's another thing too, when I was doing research about the show, is that they already have season two, like it's in development. So like they're yes. moving forward, they're they're dedicated to this, and there's nine episodes of this. Um what you're saying 
it almost seems like it's like the perfect kind of setup for an Exiles TV show, right? Where it's like a team of all these different realities. Um, I, the only reason why I think it's not just one reality where they're all just going to come together like the Avengers is because I think that kind of contradicts the idea of the show of there being like multiple realities. Um, true, very true. If it was like Exiles where they're all from different realities and they all come together, that'd be really cool. Yeah, uh, definitely. I, I mean, it would definitely be um, a, a different take than the, the classic "What If" comics, because for the most part, they're just one-offs. That's it. It's just you know, the story is thirty pages and or whatever it is. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, pages. Twenty pages. Uh, I think a standard comic is like twenty pages, and then like maybe twenty-two. Well, back then they were a little longer. I think they were probably like twenty-four pages, something like that. They, they keep yeah. they keep shortening our comics. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, what the hell, man? Yeah. Um, so what I was going to say was with the behind the scenes stuff, it's interesting the people because at this point, I feel like Marvel can just pick and choose who they want to be working on these shows, right? Everyone wants to work on these things. And so AC Bradley that I mentioned before, she was uh, a, a main writer on um, like Guillermo del Toro had a couple of Netflix shows. One was called Troll Hunters. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So she yeah, was a writer. My son um, randomly just watched the end movie of it all. And yeah. Like, who are these people? But uh, yeah. Well, with that, you know, with that being said, they did like almost like their own kind of Avengers with that, where they had like different yeah, it shows. Was, it was cool. Yeah, you you could definitely see there's the you know very different characters all coming together to fight the same uh, common enemy. Yeah, like those giant elementally totemy guys, whatever you want to call them. Right, which is so cool because it's like Yermo, and so it's sort of like Pacific Rim. Uh, yeah. I wanted to watch that. But so so she uh, was a writer on that show, and then also the Matthew Chauncey guy, he wrote for one of those shows, Three Below. Um, and then the director of all the episodes, because with these Marvel shows, it seems like there's like multiple writers, one main writer, obviously, and then um, like the same director for every episode. And so for this series... The director is a guy named um, – I'm sorry. I, I wrote it down. I could just find it real quick. Uh, no, not – shit. I'm sorry. I can't find the director's name. But the director is a guy that has done, like, storyboards for Marvel movies. And he's been the art director. He was, he was um, a, a guy, like an artist on the Clone Wars show. Remember, like, the Samurai Jack – Clone Wars oh, show, the, the, when there were the shorts. Yeah, oh, man, that was the good. That was good stuff. I remember those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the guy that's the director of all these episodes worked on that. Interesting. Okay. And then he would like do the storyboards and shit for some of our favorite MCU movies too. Okay. So I I, I think that like people aren't necessarily fans of the actual animation style itself, but I do think that like. It looks like the whole world looks good. Yes. Uh, as I mentioned in, in many previous episodes that I, I typically don't like CG animated cartoons because they end up having this kind of like lifeless world that don't have enough characters in, in there and background. They reuse a lot of doubles. I feel like these shows aren't doing that. They're, they're pretty good. I mean, uh, and and the, the action scenes are actually really good. They're, they're really well choreographed and they look like, you know, somewhat believable, you know, it's not like too, too exaggerated, but it's, it, it was, they were good. Yeah. It, it kind of reminds me of this one star Wars show called resistance. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. 
I, I feel like the animation is very similar to that. Where is that like a computer animated cell, but it just looks like regular two D animation? Yeah, it's basically just cell shading on a on a CG show. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I don't know. I, especially in the second episode, where it's in the sort of the galactic kind of setting, I think it worked really well. You know, a lot of different yeah. colorful characters. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I have a list of points that you know I want us to kind of have a structure now. And so my next category is controversy. Now, I feel like this show, besides the animation, there's a little bit of complaint about the actual animation, but I didn't really feel like there's any kind of complaints. Did you see anything? Uh, the, the only complaint I saw that was sort of related was the, uh, there was a little, little bit of a tiff over the Captain America Twitter account. Oh yeah, <laughs> right, um, right, right. People were angry that they they kind of rebranded it as Captain Carter when they just recently changed it to uh, Sam Wilson. Yeah, so people were a little up in arms in that, but I think I believe they've already turned that around. Oh yeah. So, um, and, and other than that, I mean, the, obviously the episode two just came out today, so I haven't read anything bad about it, but I can't imagine anything being bad about it. So, yeah, th there was one thing I kind of was thinking about it, which is that. Um, you're sort of inadvertently making it like characters that are not white men could do a better job than the white male characters. And I, I, I don't have a complaint about that. It, it's because the, the, the paradigm is that the majority of these characters are white men to begin with and have been for decades. And so now this show is giving it a, a chance for other versions of these characters to take place. You know, Peggy Carter you know, it's a woman. It's going to be Captain America, or in this case, Captain Carter. And then uh, T'Challa, you know, he's from Africa. And and when you see the end of that second episode, Peter Quill is just working in a, uh, like a, a Dairy Queen, right? Yes. Um. You know what, though? I, I, I'm okay with that, it's, it's at least with, in this, the frame of this episode, I absolutely believe T'Challa would do a better job at everything than Peter Quill would. Right. I mean, it's just showing that Peter Quill was kind of like a slacker rebel and T'Challa was just hardworking. I mean, that's, that's, I think that's, that's very fitting for both their characters, you know? Yes. Um, so, I mean, the, I, I actually, I really enjoyed that first scene of, of it where, um, oh my God, what's his name? Yondu? Not Yondu, the, the, the hunter guy. Um, oh, oh, yeah. Guy, uh, the, the that is, uh, Korath. 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 Yeah, when Korath walked in, he's like, "You're Star Lord." Like, uh, it, it, just flipping that on the head was—I I actually really enjoyed that. Although I think they took it maybe a little too far in that scene, like, like dragged on a little too long. Agreed. Yeah, and it was just interesting to see that someone with, with a, a a real drive and a different outlook can just change the universe. And yeah, it definitely seemed like it, it was like, oh, he, he he made everything better, and I. I agree that he probably would make everything better, but at the same time, I think like one of the main components of what if comics is that usually something goes tragically wrong. Like, right. like, and we haven't seen that at all really yet. No. Um, they, they sort of hinted at it a little bit with the little tag at the end of the episode where uh, ego shows up to talk to uh, Peter in the well, Dairy Queen or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, so and, and they imply that something Trump trouble is coming or something like that. But I mean, I'm used to this some some event going so horribly wrong and like tons of people die and these people have to rise in their place. And um, so far, it's just been like a happy switcheroo. 
rather than uh, the, the darker story that I'm, I'm expecting. Man, that is a really, really good point. I think I was sitting there waiting for the other shoe to fall because we are so used to these what-if comics where yeah. there is a, a dark fate usually. It's like, oh, this little twist. And it's been a positive fate. And so I think that like the, the kind of the point that I was making before, if you look at it, Peggy Carter in the MCU has been established as this very tough woman, very smart, very capable, right? And she's always been kind of held back by the patriarchy and she like made shield essentially, right? And then T'Challa, whether it's the T'Challa of the MCU or it's T'Challa of the comics, T'Challa is ridiculously competent. Like in the comics, he's like Batman to where he's just like, always want like five steps ahead of everyone, super intelligent. So of course T'Challa, is going to have a much more positive effect on the universe than Peter Quill, who is known as kind of like a slacker and into, you know, his kind of vices and stuff, right? So when you kind of pair them up, of course, T'Challa is going to have a much more positive effect than Peter Quill. But what I didn't like about that first episode as much was that Steve Rogers is such a, a dedicated, courageous character and if you watch that first Avenger movie where it goes almost beat by beat like this episode, um, Steve has problems. Like, like he loses Bucky and he has to go be in the SOU tour or whatever the hell that is, right? So Steve kind of has trouble, whereas Peggy kind of comes in and there's that term that everybody uses on the other side where they always talk about like the, uh, the Mary Sue, right? And I think that like Peggy throughout the whole episode is just this amazing badass She's like jumping through planes and stuff and knocking people out and can't seem to, to mess up at all. And, and the only time that she really messes up is that ambush on the train. And so I understand the T'Challa kind of eclipsing Peter Quill, but with the Peggy eclipsing Steve Rogers, that just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. But that yeah. being said, I, I completely understand Peggy Carter being successful. I completely understand T'Challa being successful. Yeah, no, that, that's what I said. Like, they didn't deviate enough in that first episode. And I think, like I said, had they went some kind of route where, you know, Steve was just gone from the episode then and then they revisited it later, uh, you know, in some kind of Winter Soldier-like twist, that would have been a, a lot better, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so maybe there will be repercussions and maybe we still will see that lineup that you were talking about where it's like that Avengers team of these different awesome. cast. I would love to see that, honestly. Yeah. That, yeah, um, that would definitely add an extra layer of uh, of, of interest to the, to the show. Yeah. So another thing I put on here was to talk about similarities between the episodes that we just watched and comic books that we've read. Are there any uh, – like these obviously draw directly from the movies, but is there any kind of comics that like you've read that kind of remind you of these? And if you don't have examples off the top of your head, I have some too. Um. I feel like I, I mean I have already seen a a Peggy Carter with with Super Soldier Serum in uh, in a more recent volume of Exiles I believe. Okay. Um, but other than that, uh, and, and you know what that that was a world was where things happened differently. I mean I, I don't exactly remember, but I'm pretty sure something something bad happened to Steve in that one. I'm, I'm I think, but um, and uh, I think Bucky was a girl. Nice. I don't remember exactly, but um, yeah, that was a little more varied. And other than that, though, I mean, because these are more so following the blueprint of the MCU, 
Um, I don't necessarily think that either episode really follows any particular comic that all that closely. So they're, they're really just following the movies rather than the comics. Good point. There are things that like thematically remind me of comics, but I think it's just because the movies come from the same source. And I wonder if the thing that you were referencing with Peggy and the super soldier serum was uh spider Gwen because in her reality, I yes, think- that's right. They're- it's an African-American woman who, who is um, who, who is uh, Captain America in that universe. No, but at, it, there wasn't a, a newer Exile series, uh, and, and Blink was in it again. Okay. And uh, it, it had like um, it had like a Kamala Khan, almost like a Cable kind of person. Um, it had a uh, like a younger. Was it a was it Nathaniel Richards or was it a younger Tony Tony Stark? Um, it was some kind of iron person, uh, <laughs> and, and and they had um the the uh you, you ever see the 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 like the, the, the drawn by Scotty Young like the little X Men yeah 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 of course they had the little Wolverine as part of the team oh okay so it was like this little cartoony Wolverine with these like normal looking characters dude I want to check this out now this sounds cool it was okay um yeah. I I. I Think it got canceled or or um pretty pretty early. I, I don't know if it even made it past twelve issues. Okay, yeah. Well, I'm guessing it's on your comicsology, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll uh you know, well I'll check that out down the road. But um with uh, that being said, like you know the Spider Gwen comic that I was talking about, uh that kind of has that same kind of dynamic with Gwen Stacy and Peter Parker as like uh. Steve Rogers and Peggy Carter, right? Where like Peter Parker doesn't get bit by that spider, Spider Gwen does, and then she has the power. She's the hero, and he's like kind of just following her around, and he always kind of feels like not as much of a man or whatever. And he ends up becoming like uh, the lizard. Oh, what does it happens? He becomes the lizard. Right, 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 right. He becomes the lizard, and that's like one of those negative side effects, right? So the first episode kind of reminded me of that a little bit. And then um, with the Star-Lord one with uh, T'Challa, there was a recent run with uh, Tahanesi Coates' Black Panther series where it was like – it took place in outer space. It was like the Wakandan Empire of space. And so mm-hmm. it was like kind of like Star Wars meets Black Panther. And that reminded me a little bit of this episode that we just watched too, which I, I recommend both of those series, Spider-Gwen and uh, that Tahanesi Coates run too. <laughs> Um, yeah, th- I've read a decent amount of that Spider Gwen, and, and there are a lot of different differences in that series that I find very interesting. Like, um, like Matt Murdock is a lawyer for the Kingpin; and he's yeah. like a bad guy. Frank Castle is this grizzled old police detective. Uh, we already mentioned the Captain America. Um, what else is there that's really good about that? Um, I can't think of anything else. One well, and her dad is like still alive, and he he has this like much more interesting role than he did in the comics, you know, in the Spider-Man. Comics. Yeah, she's he's still kind of anti, well, Ghost Spider. I I guess she's known in universe. Yeah. Um, but and he doesn't he does eventually find out, um, but it, it, early on he does know. Yeah, it's got this kind of like Commissioner Gordon, Batgirl kind of vibe to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So the the last point I had was like kind of future episodes and ties into the MCU. And the one thing that got me really excited about the MCU was 
in the second episode, they go to the collector's uh, base or whatever, his his shop, his museum, and uh, he takes out all these items where he's going to fight uh, T'Challa, right? And he takes Hela's crown and he says, oh, she has a necro sword. Now, you know what that is, right? Yes, they do. Yeah, yeah. And so do you want to just explain to people who don't know what that is? Um, God, why am I blanking now? Um, the, the necro sword is... Oh, God. Um, it's not... It, it's the sword that... Is it the weapon that Gore the God Butcher uses? Yep. Yes. Yeah, so with the necro sword, what's super interesting about that for the comics... Okay, so if you guys remember, you know, in Thor Ragnarok... Hela is just always throwing blades. Like she just immediately has blades. And um, there's a character in the comics that Brian just mentioned called uh, Gore the God Butcher. And he's in this run of Thor written by Jason Aaron. And he just goes around killing gods. And and who's he going to be played by in uh, the next Thor movie? Christian Bale. Oh, man. That's going to be so fucking awesome. Yeah. And so um, there's even more potential to that because – in the comics, we eventually learn that his kind of black sword that he's always able to throw and stuff is actually the weapon that was used by a character known as Null, who is the god of symbiotes in uh, Marvel Comics. And so, like, Venom and Carnage and all those characters come from him. So it's kind of cool that they, like, name-dropped the Necro Sword in this mo- in this show because they didn't mention it in Thor Ragnarok. And True, so yeah. it just kind of, like, alludes to all of this stuff. Yeah, yeah, um, and uh, some other interesting things in that little cabinet that he had. I mean, you actually saw Mjolnir in there. You saw Captain America's shield, right? Uh, some other weapons and stuff too. So, um, I mean, maybe something bad did happen in this world. They just didn't tell us. <laughs> yeah, well, he didn't. He also have like an arm from like the that guy. What was his name Korg? That uh, Tiger yeah, he, he, Yes, he seemed like he had Korg's arm, and the and the child even picks it up and uses it for a second. <laughs> yeah. I think we should just mention too, while we're kind of going into that part, that that episode was so good with the way that they used like characters from Guardians of the Galaxy and Thor and uh, Infinity War, right? Yes, uh, I I was actually very surprised at the turn of Thanos. Uh, I thought that was very interesting. I, I mean, I can see how that's kind of like stretching the limit of T'Challa is is great there because he literally convinced a, a genocidal maniac to not commit genocide which, yeah. I mean, which is it's, it's both funny and a little far-fetched but i mean it, i really like the role thanos played in this episode especially when he starts charging down the uh black order uh, the, the black order and towards the end to, to let everybody escape that was awesome <laughs> oh my god so good so good um sometimes when they have these kind of alternate reality shows you'll see a good character become a bad character, right? And, like, you'll see, like, a big brute like that become this kind of mean conqueror. So it's really cool to see the inverse where it's, like, this, like, ridiculously evil main bad guy is now this sort of, you know, uh, conscientious bruiser good guy. And um, it's interesting because Nebula, his adopted daughter, is in this, but it just seems like she just had an eye replaced, and that was it. Right. Yes. Uh, it was interesting to see uh, see her with hair. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So she still had somewhat of a uh, of a difficult background. Uh, I, I'm curious 
as to where Gamora was in all this. I mean, it, it's uh, I mean, it's possible that Thanos never attacked her planet, so therefore you never adopted her. But at the same time, um, you never really knew if he uh, who if he met Gamora or Nebula first. Yeah, yeah, it, it got a little hazy as to like what happened in the timeline, especially with Thanos, right? Because uh, Korath, right? He, I think he was serving Ronan. He was, he mentioned Ronan, yeah. Right? And he went to go get the thing which had an Infinity Stone in it. And so Thanos, Thanos was the one that was prompting Ronan to find it. So it's like Ronan, I guess, still wanted that Power Stone regardless. Um, well, it just seems, I, I, I imagine that Ronan was working for the Collector because he, he was interested in the stone. Okay. No, yeah. he wanted he wanted T'Challa. He didn't want the stone. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, that that kind of got me thinking here. Back to my theory about uh, something something combining into a a what if Avengers. Sure. Um, I mean, we've had two episodes, and they're both based on movies that featured an Infinity Stone. Yeah. So, um, I mean, maybe there will be some kind of culmination of of um, uh, of the Infinity Gauntlet again. Uh, during this this series yeah 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 that would be really cool yeah um and and who would wield it too that's the real interesting part like i know that um peter parker is gonna like have like dr strange's like cloak at one point right it looks like he's gonna have dr strange's powers right yeah it, it sounds like that's gonna be the zombie episode okay um where um i mean which to me i i mean my mind immediately went to uh what if Wolverine was Lord of the Vampires? Yeah. Where, yeah. Um, Doctor Strange gets killed uh, because Wolverine makes everybody vampires. And uh, the he teams up with the Punisher you, via his actual form. And the Punisher uses his cloak to help him kill Wolverine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that'll totally – it'll be something like that. Yeah, I can see but that. See, but, see, like, but, but going to that, so, so that, that that's a very dark uh, issue, obviously. You know, most of the X-Men are either dead or vampires. And then yeah. even the hero of the story, who is the Punisher, dies. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, doesn't like, doesn't like Wolverine cut off like Kitty Pride's head too in that comic? Something like that. It's pretty. It's pretty. I mean, when I read that, I, I was like ten or eleven or something like that. Yeah, it's yeah. Messed up. That's probably why it stuck with me so much. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure that that you know Frank Castle dies, and I don't. I think Wolverine like turn, turns around or something. He, he he ends up curing everybody instead or something. I don't remember. I have to go read it again. Yeah, but I, I definitely remember that the Punisher died. Yeah, well, you know, if he's doing the whole thing where he's like using Doctor Strange's powers, he, he's probably going to have the um, time stone, right? Yeah, so there you go. So that's three. there you go. So that's another Infinity st uh, gem or stone. Then yeah, yeah, man. So I, you know, I just I, I just liked it in general, and then like you know, Drax, uh, his family didn't get killed. Right, because they were able to stop Ronan's invasion, so that's all positive right there. I'm assuming that, like, because you were asking before about Gamora, and then I'm assuming that, like, you know, Thanos just never had that whole thing where he was like wiping out half of a population, so yeah. her planet was probably fine. Um, then Howard the Duck showed up, which was pretty great, voiced by Seth Green. Yep, that's great. Um, yeah, I, I am digging it way more with episode two versus episode one, and I'm just. Kind of looking forward to see what the next one's going to hold. Yeah, I have to say, too, that uh, I, I commented on the voice acting of, of episode one, and I felt some of the actors um, 
are weren't used to voice acting because it is definitely different than acting. Yeah. Um, and I, I thought overall the voice acting was a lot better in the second episode. Oh, um, yeah. Some of those people have have done it before. Um, I, I mean, and it did definitely sounded like there weren't many replacements. I think um, Drax was not Dave Bautista. Right. Um, that was a little bit of a Twitter con- controversy. Somebody asked him about that. And he said he was never asked. Right. Um, but I, I guess it was such a small part that maybe they didn't need him. Yeah, it's weird, though, with the small parts, right? Because Drax and Peter Quill were not voiced by the original actors, right? And then, of course, uh, Captain America in the first one, too. But then, like, for the Black Order, you have, like, an actress like Carrie Coon playing, uh, uh, what the hell's the girl in the Black Order? That Proximate Midnight? Yeah, yeah, Proximate Midnight. Um, you know, she, Carrie Coon, who's this, like, actress that's kind of a bigger name now. She's grown. She, she, I think she had, like, two lines, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that Benicio Del Toro and, and Josh – and even, like, Kurt Russell no. just shows was up. Was that the, Was that Benicio Del Toro? It, it didn't it sound was. like it. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and friggin' that was Kurt Russell at the very end, too. Wow. <laughs> it's, it's definitely a little weird here. Um, wow. Yeah. This is wow. That really was everybody. Yes. Yes. So, like, what got me the most, though, was just that Chadwick Boseman was T'Challa, and it was just really great to hear his character and just kind of see his character have this like big positive influence on the universe and yeah it's, it's definitely a nice send off to to him yeah and they had the nice dedication at the end as well yeah i almost cried when i was watching it <laughs> cool man well i think that's a, a a wrap for episodes one and two of what if uh do you know which one is the, the third episode uh i i do not okay okay so we got something to look forward to and kind of speculate about, but uh, you got a good feeling about the series or what? Like, yeah, maybe? I'm liking it so far. Like I said, if they connect these in some way in an exiles like fashion, I think it'll be really interesting and unique. But uh, at the same time, I, I, I do want to see some darker consequences to these, these alterations yeah. uh, to, to make me kind of feel, uh, you know, like the comics do. Hell yeah. Yeah. I agree with you on that one. Um, Brian and I are going to be talking about this show. This show, there's nine episodes. It's actually going to take us all the way to October. That's pretty crazy. <laughs> and, and so I think we're going to move the time period up too because Brian and I have children and you know, everyone's going back to school. Summer's over. So uh, we're going to be around at 9 p.m. Central Time, 10 p.m. Eastern Time for you guys. And we will see you guys again next Wednesday.